Section 10 of Aesop's Fables, a new revised version. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Viper and the File A viper, entering the workshop of a smith, sought from the tools the means of satisfying his hunger. He more particularly addressed himself to a file, and asked of him the favor of a meal. The file replied, You must indeed be a simple-minded fellow, if you expect to get anything from me, who am accustomed to take from everyone, and never to give anything in return. The covetous are poor givers. The Oxen and the Axle-Trees a heavy wagon was being dragged along a country lane by a team of oxen. The axle-trees groaned and creaked terribly, when the oxen, turning round, thus addressed the wheels. "'Hello there! Why do you make so much noise? We bear all the labor, and we, not you, ought to cry out.' "'Those who suffer most cry out the least.' THE BEAR AND THE BEEHIVES A bear, that had found his way into a garden where bees were kept, began to turn over the hives and devour the honey. The bees settled in swarms about his head, and stung his eyes and nose so much that, maddened with pain, he tore the skin from his head with his own claws. THE THRUSH AND THE SWALLOW a young thrush who lived in an orchard once became acquainted with a swallow. A friendship sprang up between them, and the swallow, after skimming the orchard and the neighboring meadow, would every now and then come and visit the thrush. The thrush, hopping from branch to branch, would welcome him with his most cheerful note. "'Oh, mother,' said he to his parent one day, "'never had creatures such a friend as I have in this same swallow.' nor ever any mother replied the parent bird such a silly son as i have in this same thrush long before the approach of winter your friend will have left you and while you sit shivering on a leafless bough he will be sporting under sunny skies hundreds of miles away the sensible ass an old fellow in time of war was allowing his ass to feed in a green meadow when he was alarmed by a sudden advance of the enemy. He tried every means in his power to urge the ass to fly, but in vain. "'The enemy are upon us,' said he. "'And what will the enemy do?' asked the ass. "'Will they put two pairs of panniers on my back instead of one?' "'No,' answered the man. "'There is no fear of that.' "'Why, then,' replied the ass, "'I'll not stir an inch.' I am born to be a slave, and my greatest enemy is he who gives me most to carry. THE LION AND THE ASS A lion and an ass made an agreement to go out hunting together. By and by they came to a cave where wild goats abode. The lion took up his station at the mouth of the cave, and the ass, going within, kicked and brayed and made a mighty fuss to frighten them out. When the lion had caught them, the ass came out and asked him if he had not made a noble fight. "'Yes, indeed,' said the lion, "'and I assure you, you would have frightened me, too, if I had not known you to be an ass.' 
The Fox and the Ape Upon the decease of the lion, the beasts of the forest assembled to choose another king. The ape played so many grimaces, gambles, and antic tricks that he was elected by a large majority, and the crown was placed upon his head. The fox, envious of this distinction, seeing soon after a trap baited with a piece of meat, approached the new king and said with mock humility, May it please your majesty, I have found on your domain a treasure to which, if you will deign to accompany me, I will conduct you. The ape thereupon set off with the fox, and, on arriving at the spot, laid his paw upon the meat. Snap went the trap, and caught him by the fingers. Mad with the shame and the pain, he reproached the fox for a false thief, and a traitor. Reynard laughed heartily, and said with a sneer, You, a king, and not understand a trap? THE LION AND THE WOLF A wolf, roaming by the mountainside, saw his own shadow, as the sun was setting, becoming greatly extended and magnified, and he said to himself, Why should I, being of such an immense size and extending nearly an acre in length, be afraid of the lion? Ought I not to be acknowledged as king of all the collected beasts? While he was indulging in these proud thoughts, a lion fell upon him and killed him. He exclaimed with a too late repentance, Wretched me, this overestimation of myself is the cause of my destruction. It is not wise to hold too exalted an opinion of oneself. The Miller, His Son, and Their Ass A miller and his son were driving their ass to a fair. On the way they met a group of girls. "'Look there!' cried one of them. "'Did you ever see such fools to be trudging along on foot when they might be riding?' The old man, hearing this, quietly bade his son get on the ass, and walked along merrily by his side. Presently they came to a group of old men in earnest debate. "'There!' said one of them. "'It proves what I was saying.' What respect is shown to old age in these days? Do you see that idle young rogue riding, while his old father has to walk? Get down, you scapegrace, and let the old man rest his weary limbs. Upon this the father made his son dismount, and got up himself. In this manner they had not proceeded far, when they met a company of women and children. Why, you lazy old man, cried several tongues at once. How can you ride upon the beast, while that poor little lad there can scarcely keep pace by the side of you? The good-natured miller immediately took up his son behind him. They had now almost reached the town. Pray, honest friend, said a townsman, is that ass your own? Yes, said the old man. Oh, one would not have thought so by the way you load him. Why, you two fellows are better able to carry the poor beast than he you. Anything to please you, said the old man. So, alighting with his son, they tied the ass's legs together, and by the help of a pole endeavored to carry him on their shoulders over a bridge. The people ran out in crowds to laugh at the sight, till the ass, not liking the noise nor his situation, 
kicked asunder the cords, and tumbling off the pole, fell into the river. Upon this the old man made the best of his way home with his son, convinced that, by endeavouring to please everybody, he had succeeded in pleasing nobody, and lost his ass into the bargain. THE TRAVELERS AND THE PLANE TREE Two travellers, worn out by the heat of the summer's sun, laid themselves down at noon under the wide-spreading branches of a plane tree. As they rested under its shade, one of the travellers said to the other, "'What a singularly useless tree is the plane! It bears no fruit, and is not of the least service to man.' The plane tree, interrupting him, said, "'You ungrateful fellows! Do you, while receiving benefits from me and resting under my shade, dare to describe me as useless and unprofitable? Some men despise their best blessings because they come without cost. THE TORTOISE AND THE TWO DUCKS A tortoise, becoming tired of her humble home, resolved to visit foreign lands, but she did not know which way to go. She repaired to two ducks to show her the road, and they told her that the best way to travel was through the air. On her imploring their help, they made her grasp a stick with her mouth, and so they bore her aloft. As they flew along, the gaping people beneath shouted at sight of the spectacle. The vain tortoise mistook their shouts for applause. "'I am surely a queen,' said she. But alas, as she opened her mouth to speak, she lost her hold of the stick, and falling to the ground was dashed to pieces. Those who were not able to roam should stay at home. THE COUNTRYMAN AND THE SNAKE A villager found a snake under a hedge, almost dead with cold. He could not help having compassion for the poor creature, so he brought it home and laid it upon the hearth near the fire but it had not lain there long before, being revived with the heat, it began to erect itself and fly at his wife and children. The countryman, hearing an outcry, and perceiving what the matter was, caught up a mattock and soon dispatched him, upbraiding him at the same time in these words, Is this vile wretch the reward you make to him that saved your life? Kindness to the ungrateful and the vicious is thrown away. THE MADMAN WHO SOLD WISDOM A madman once set himself up in the marketplace, and with loud cries announced that he would sell wisdom. The people at once crowded about him, and some gave him gold for his wares, but they each got only a blow on the ear and a bunch of thread, and were well laughed at by their companions. One of them, however, took it more seriously than the others, and asked a wise sage what it meant. "'It means,' said the sage, "'that if one would not be hurt by a madman, he must put a bunch of thread over his ears.' So the madman was really selling wisdom. THE LEOPARD AND THE FOX A leopard, being no longer able, by reason of old age, to pursue his prey, feigned illness, and gave out that he would confer great favors upon any animal that would cure him. A cunning fox heard of the proclamation, and lost no time in visiting the leopard, first making himself look as much like a physician as he could. 
On seeing him, the leopard declared that such a distinguished-looking animal could not fail to cure him. This so flattered the fox that he came near, and at once fell a victim to his vanity, being unable to flee because of the disguise which fettered his limbs. Flattery is a dangerous weapon in the hands of an enemy. THE HARE AFRAID OF HIS EARS The lion, being badly hurt by the horns of a goat, swore in a great rage that every animal with horns should be banished from his kingdom. A silly hare, seeing the shadows of his ears, was in great fear lest they should be taken for horns, and scampered away. THE PEACOCK AND THE CRANE A peacock, spreading its gorgeous tail, mocked a crane that passed by, ridiculing the ashen hue of its plumage, and saying, I am robed like a king in gold and purple, and all the colors of the rainbow, while you have not a bit of color on your wings. True, replied the crane, but I soar to the heights of heaven, and lift up my voice to the stars, while you walk below like a cock among the birds of the dunghill. Fine feathers don't make fine birds. The Mouse and the Weasel a little starveling mouse had made his way with some difficulty into a basket of corn, where, finding the entertainment so good, he stuffed and crammed himself to such an extent that when he would have got out again he found the hole too small to allow his puffed-up body to pass. As he sat at the hole, groaning over his fate, a weasel, who was brought to the spot by his cries, thus addressed him. Stop there, my friend, and fast till you are thin, for you will never come out till you reduce yourself to the same condition as when you entered. THE FOX AND THE TIGER A skillful archer, coming into the woods, directed his arrows so successfully that he slew many wild beasts and pursued several others. This put the whole savage kind into a fearful consternation, and made them fly to the most retired thickets for refuge. At last the tiger resumed courage, and, bidding them not be afraid, said that he alone would engage the enemy, telling them they might depend upon his valor and strength to revenge their wrongs. In the midst of these threats, while he was lashing himself with his tail and tearing up the ground for anger, an arrow pierced his ribs, and hung by its barbed point in his side. He set up a hideous and loud roar, occasioned by the anguish which he felt, and endeavored to draw out the painful dart with his teeth. When the fox approached him, inquiring with an air of surprise who it was that could have strength and courage enough to wound so mighty and valorous a beast, Ah, said the tiger, I was mistaken in my reckoning. It was that invincible man yonder. There is always some vulnerable point in the strongest armor. THE FOX AND THE TURKEYS A fox spied some turkeys roosting in a tree. He managed to attract their attention, and then ran about the tree, pretending to climb, walked on his hind legs, and did all sorts of tricks. Filled with fear, the turkeys watched every one of his movements until they became dizzy, and one by one fell from their safe perch. 
By too much attention to danger, we may fall victims to it. THE EAGLE, THE CAT, AND THE WILD SOW An eagle had made her nest at the top of a lofty oak. A cat, having found a convenient hole, lived with her kittens in the middle of the trunk, and a wild sow with her young had taken up shelter in a hollow at its foot. The cat resolved to destroy by her arts this chance-made colony. She climbed to the nest of the eagle and said, "'Destruction is preparing for you and me, too. The wild sow, whom you may see daily digging up the earth, wishes to uproot the oak, that she may, on its fall, seize our families as food.' Then she crept down to the cave of the sow and said, "'Your children are in great danger.' For as soon as you shall go out with your litter to find food, the eagle is prepared to pounce upon one of your little pigs. When night came, she went forth with silent foot, and obtained food for herself and her kittens, but feigning to be afraid, she kept a lookout all through the day. Meanwhile the eagle, full of fear of the sow, sat still on the branches, and the sow, terrified by the eagle, did not dare to go out from her cave, and thus they each, with their families, perished from hunger. Those who stir up enmities are not to be trusted. End of section 10